Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title today, this is a wild one. Uh, I was talking to Jeff and Lori before the service, and we were talking, and they were preaching the sermon for me. They were saying all these inputs. It was great. They had all kinds of great insights. I said, this is exactly what we're going to be talking about. The reality check. It's a reality check in Matthew 7, 21 to 23. In USA Today, I don't have to, this isn't going to come as a shock to anybody, but Christianity has been replaced by a new religion, a new man-made religion, a new improved man-made religion, right? It's I'm okay, you're okay. The only one who's not okay is the one who says all are not okay. Say that, ten, that, say that ten times fast. If Dr. Seuss was here, he could help me with a book with that, right? It's, it's a society where you have you ever been to the mall with the kids and you build a bear? You know, you get to make the bear just the way you want it and put the shirt on and you make the bear just the way you want it. Well, we have a build a God society. You build the God you want. You build him, make him just the way you want. And, and whatever God you come up with, they're all equally valid. You can't criticize anybody else build a God because they're all equally valid. Make up your own God. And this supreme being, he, she, will let everybody into heaven someday, except maybe the intolerant people, uh, but uh, who, who don't believe in build the gods, right? They might not get into this supreme being's heaven, or only really bad people won't get in. And, and Chuck and I have talked about this many times. Uh, who, how bad do you have to be, not, right, Chuck? How bad do you have to be not to get into this supreme being God's uh, heaven? And the answer is, I'm not sure, but it, somebody worse than me. Right? That's what everybody thinks. It's somebody worse than me, but, it, but I'm okay. Everybody's going to get in, right? We're going to see that Jesus has a much different perspective on heaven and on build a God and on this spiritual buffet that we've created, right? And which means that we as Christians can't buy into this new buffet spirituality. You know, you go to a buffet and nice thing about buffet, unless you have a lot of children, Kim hates going to buffets because she doesn't get to eat. She's always running up getting somebody else's buffet, right? But, but, but if you could just go with adults, the nice thing about buffets, you just pick what you want. You don't have to take this. I like this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. You take what you want. But nowadays, people see that as spirituality. I can just take what I want out of the Bible and out of the Quran and out of the Bhagavita and uh, out of the, you know, and just keep taking a little bit of everything and create, you know, this buffet. And even a lot of Christian people who claim to be Christians say, well, just, I like this and I like that, but oh, there's something I don't like in the Bible. I don't agree with that. So I don't accept that. But I accept everything else. And, and I like the nice Jesus, but whenever he loses his temper, I don't like that Jesus. So it's just this buffet spirituality, right? Even in churches, even people preaching that way, buffet preaching. And we're going to see that that's as Christians, Jesus doesn't give us that option to go to the buffet line, right? If Jesus is really the one and only Son of God, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. If he's really the one and only, and if he's really the only way to God, John fourteen six, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If this is true, a lot of people are going to have a serious reality check when they face God the Father and his son Jesus Christ, sitting on those thrones. 
Let's pray first. Father, we, this is probably the, one of the hardest passages in Scripture, scary for every one of us. We just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. Number one, to make sure that we are resting in Christ, that we put our faith in Christ. But even those who know, that even us, we know we put our faith in Christ, we don't just sit back and relax and be, let the world conform us. But we, we battle because we, just getting to heaven is not the point, but it's getting to heaven and hearing you say, well done. We pray for your Holy Spirit's conviction. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who, only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. <laughs> scary, huh? If we're not scared, that's a bad sign. If you're scared, that's a good sign. <laughs> that means we're taking it seriously. But if we're not scared, that's a bad sign. First of all, the thing that jumps out at us is that not everyone is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's the first thing that jumps out at us here. USA Today, God is love. Well, God is love, but before love comes holiness. God's holiness always comes before his love. He's very loving, but holiness first. I'll give you some proof. God created Adam and Eve in the garden, loved them, created them, and yet... He kicked them out of the garden for one sin. He not only kicked them out of the garden, but he condemned them to death for one sin. It's true God is merciful. And yet God destroyed the entire world with a flood of water. Someday it's going to be fire. The entire world with, with a flood of water. And the only ones who experienced that mercy were Noah and his family. It's true that God is forgiving. But he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And only Lot and his family, not even Lot's wife, Lot and his, the rest of the family were, were spared. And Billy Graham, years ago, when I was a kid, I remember him saying, and this was a long time ago, he said, if God doesn't judge America, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's a long, that was 40 years ago he said that. A lot of water has passed under the bridge since then, right? You need more proof? Egypt. Moses leading the people out of Egypt and the ten plagues that decimated, destroyed Egypt. This loving God. And not only that, he killed the firstborn of all every Egyptian family if there was not the blood of the lamb on the door. And we all know what that picture of the blood is, is the cross. And if we're not under the cross, we face that same judgment. If we're not under the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross, if, there's, if we never put our faith in Jesus Christ, they're the only ones that are going to be spared. The only ones that can enter the kingdom of heaven if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. If there's been that time in our life where we say, God, I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. 
I believe Jesus died for the sin in my life, all the garbage in my life. I believe he died for that, and I believe he gave his blood, and I put my faith in him, and I give my life to him. Once we take that step, we are under the blood of Jesus Christ, and we can enter the kingdom of heaven, which begins here on earth and ends up with God in eternity. This same warning goes for many who think they're Christians. Not only, does it, not only is it clear that not everyone's going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but not only that, but not many who think there are Christians aren't going to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's scary for us here. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, he says here. Polls in America show that 85% of Americans claim to be Christian. I kind of believe the Chuck Harrison poll. And uh, Chuck, Chuck on the street, what did you say? Five. He says 5%. I'm probably leaning more toward the Chuck poll here because that, that's probably a lot closer, the amount of people that really have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And we have a reality check here. This is the reality check. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does, only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The reality check is only whoever does the will of, of his father is going to get to heaven. That's it. What is the father's will? Let's let the word of God tell us. John chapter 6, verse 40. There's a lot of different verses that say the same thing, but this one really brings it out just so clearly. In John chapter 6, verse 40, it says, For my father's will, here we go, what's God's will? For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. What is the Father's will? That we look to the Son and believe in him and that's what, how we get eternal life. That's God's will, is believing in Jesus Christ. That's how we do God's will, is by believing in his son Jesus Christ. That includes repenting of sin, putting our faith in Jesus, and committing our life to him. Those three, three pieces of all come out in the Bible over and over and over again. Faith, our faith is what is, putting our faith in Jesus is doing God's will. And it's our faith, not works, that will save us. That comes out very clearly back in Matthew chapter 7. Very impressive list of works there, right? Anybody here do miracles? <laughs> Anybody here casting out demons? Anybody here prophesying? Some of you, some, we see some of it happen, right? But this is a super, super Christian here, right? We would call someone like that a super Christian. We wouldn't even doubt their salvation. And yet that's a very impressive list. But Jesus is making a point. It's, it's, not, it's not our works, but it's our faith that will save us. And so if we do all these works but don't, have not put our faith in, in Christ, we're not going to heaven. Not even if it was the Pope. Are you following the news lately and, and, and what happened with the Pope? They were, did he do an exorcism? Did he not do an exorcism? You know, he went and prayed over this guy in the wheelchair and the guy slumped over and, 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 and everybody's saying he did an exorcism. And, and uh, he may have, but I'll say this. If the Pope's doing exorcisms but has not put his faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, faith alone in Christ alone, he's not going to heaven. Has he? I don't know. I just know the official Roman Catholic teaching is you're saved by works. 
Faith is in there a little bit, but it's mostly works. Mother Teresa, not even Mother Teresa is going to be in heaven if she has not put her faith in Jesus Christ. Interestingly, books just coming out on Mother Teresa, she won the Nobel Peace Prize, did amazing things on her way to sainthood, doing all these amazing... Nobody has done more good than Mother Teresa. Probably all of us put together have not done more good than Mother Teresa. And yet the books, her, her letters have just come out that she wanted burned before, after she died, but they didn't burn them because they were too valuable. And what's emerged is a picture of a woman who always doubted her salvation. Right up to her death, did not have any assurance of salvation. Why? Because she was trusting in her works instead of her faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not just going to pick on Catholics. You know, whenever I pick on Catholics, I pick on Protestants, too. It's true, only about 30% of Catholics have claim to be born again. But only 50% of Protestants have put their faith in Jesus Christ. Statistically. Although Chuck would probably shrink those numbers for us if, uh, if we sat down with Chuck. But the Wesleys, John and Charles Wesley, famous, right? Started the whole Methodist movement. They were part of the Great Awakening. Interesting story about these guys. John and Charles Wesley, they were in Oxford with George Whitfield, uh, and they started the Holiness Club, the Holy Club, and, and then they sailed in 1735, they sailed to America to become missionaries in the colony of Georgia. On the way to Georgia, they hit a storm, violent storm, looked like the ship was going to sink, everybody's going to be killed, and John Wesley said he was terrified. He was in terror, total terror. He could not face death. And yet the Moravians on the same ship were like they're going out for a Sunday cruise. They weren't troubled at all. He's like, they have something I don't have. They get to America, and John and Ch Charles have a very unfruitful ministry. Big shock, right, with the Indians. They had a very unfruitful ministry. They come home as failures, back to but on, when they get home, they looked up some Moravians, and they started to study in the Moravians, and, and the Moravians were trying to teach them that you're saved by faith. Justification by faith, not works. And, and they were really wrestling with this because they had a theology of works, not faith. Protestants. And finally, in 1738, he said, John Wesley, I'll read a quote, in the evening I went very unwillingly to a society meeting in Aldersgate Street, that's a little home fellowship, where one was reading Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans about a quarter before nine while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ. I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust Christ. Christ alone for salvation and an assurance was given to me that he had taken away my sins, even mine and saved me from the law of sin and death after that, John and Charles and George Whitfield went on to spark the great awakening that transformed Europe and then America So all that stuff he was doing before, as a mission, he was a missionary to the Indians in Georgia. But he wasn't saved. 
That's a, that's very, that's very eye-opening for us, isn't it? Very eye-opening. So even if we do these amazing things, miracles and prophecy and exorcisms, even if we do these amazing things, but we have not put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are lost. And that leads us to a second reality check. And that's for a lot of us, we know we put our faith in Christ. We're trusting in Christ alone, faith alone, in Christ alone for our salvation. And yet there's a warning here for us. Not for heaven, because we know we're going to go to heaven then. But there's still a warning here for us. That if our faith is real, it will be, be proved by a life that's, that's real. It's it's. If our faith is real, it will be, be proved by our life. Because Jesus is not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Notice that? Luke 6.46. Luke 6.46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? We are saved by faith, not by works, but only a faith that works will save. You get that? We're saved by faith, not by works, but only a faith that works will save. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 9, For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Obviously we're saved by faith in God's grace. But he follows that up with, verse 10, and we leave this out a lot of times. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are not, are we saved by faith or works? Faith. But why are we saved? So that we can do good works. Works have nothing to do with our salvation. But if it's real, they will follow. They will follow. Obedience shows that our faith is real. John 14, 15. If you love me, you obey what I command. Obedience shows that our faith is real. See, the Roman Catholic error is that it's a work salvation. That's the Roman Catholic error. The Protestant error is works don't matter. Easy believism. Just believe in your head. And it doesn't matter what your life is like. There's two equally dangerous errors here, right? But what we, what we see here in the, in the Word is that there has to be a change. This changed life must be real because God is not fooled by performances. God's not for, for, fooled by performance. Jesus said it. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name, drive out demons and, and perform many miracles. Then I will tell you them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Miracles are not enough. They can be false. Power encounters and casting out demons are not proof. The name of Jesus is very powerful. Even people who aren't Christians can use that name at times to cast out demons and, and be very effective. You want proof of that? Judas. Judas went around performing miracles, casting out demons, preaching powerfully in Jesus' name. Was he a Christian? Not even close. But he, he accomplished amazing things in Jesus' name. Prophecy alone is not enough either. Don't be fooled now, nowadays. Even, even sermons are called prophecy in Scripture. Don't be fooled by a good sermon. Don't be fooled. Don't equate, and this is a good warning, don't equate abilities or even spiritual spiritual gifts for spirituality. If we've learned anything from TV preachers, 
it's not the word from most of them. <laughs> if we learn anything, it's that you can talk a good talk, and you can do all kinds of amazing things on TV, and yet it's not real. Most of those guys are scam artists. They've been exposed. How many of them been exposed for, for all the tricks they were playing on people? Now, there are some godly guys on TV. Not everybody on TV who preaches is bad. Charles Stanley's on TV, and Chuck Swindoll's on TV, and different people like that. Really godly guys. But I'm saying most of them have the money to be on TV because they're scamming everybody, right? And, and, and it does, don't fall for that. Remember what we talked about, Matthew 7.20? Thus by their fruit you will recognize them. It's the fruit is the key. Fruit shows that it's real. And the fruit that, we, that he's talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And I know I left one out. All right? But the fruit of the Spirit, a godly walk is more important than the power to heal the sick or to cast out demons. Right? The only real test, the only true test, is lordship test. Jesus says, Lord, Lord. <laughs> that doesn't go, right? It's the lordship test. And the lordship test is only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And the starting point for that is, is putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And that, but if, if that really happens, the next step is doing God's will. Doing God's will, living that holy life. Giving Christ lordship. The first step to doing God's will is putting our faith in Christ. The second step is that faith becomes reality in our life. If, if we truly do God's will, we're going to put our faith in Jesus. And the next step is then we will live out his will. We're going to live it out as holiness. Romans 12. And I'm trying to just run, make this clear. There's two steps to doing God's will here. Putting our faith in Jesus and then living out his will in our life, which is holiness. Those are the two really important things. Romans 12, 1 and 2 brings this out beautifully. Therefore... I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How are we going to test it? Because we're going to be living it. If we're being a transformed by the renewal of our mind and offering our body as a living sacrifice and living out that, we're going to know God's will. We're going to be living out God's will. That is God's will for us. The holiness. Holiness. God's will for our life is holiness. That we would be transformers. That we'd be living sacrifices. What will Jesus say to us someday? Maybe here today and you're not sure if you've ever put your faith in Jesus Christ. What will we hear him say? Get out of my sight. And for those who have put our faith in Christ, though, we're going to get into heaven, but what are we going to hear? Are we going to hear, great job, or you got in by the skin of your teeth? What are we going to hear from him? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Not here in your head, I know who Jesus says, yeah, and I believe in him. But have we put our faith in him? They say the distance from heaven to hell is six inches. From the brain to the heart is six inches. Not just knowing, but putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Have you ever taken that step of faith? And if you have done that, 
You know we're, we know we're a Christian. We know we're going to heaven. But that same warning principle applies. And that is, this is this. God knows our heart. Just like God knows the heart of the person who's not really a Christian, God knows the heart of us who are Christians but aren't living like Christians, right? God knows the heart. It doesn't matter what we do in church. Jeff was saying that before. Remember I said you're preaching the sermon for me, Jeff? It doesn't matter what we do in church or how good a front we put on. Aren't we good at putting masks on? You know, <laughs> you know put on a mask. How oh, yeah, good, good, good. How you doing? Good, good. Yeah. We have this church mask, right? Nobody here, but you might know someone like that, right? And but God, He's not fooled. He knows. He knows what's in our heart, who we really are. He knows who we are for real. What we're like at home. What we're like at home alone. Even more importantly. What, what are we like, Home Alone, right? You know, the movie Home Alone. What are we like at home? What do we do when we're alone? What do we watch? What do we think about? The kids keep doing this quiz. Sarah started it, but they keep sending me quiz. The Sarah quiz and the Becca quiz and the Chicky quiz, and I have to answer all these questions. What's my favorite color? What's this? What's that? And then they compare Kim's answers to mine, and I try to help Kim out because she has trouble with some of those tests, but uh, I'm kidding. She's wiping me out. I get the back, you know, you don't know me at all, but she gets back. You're a great parent, you know, that kind of thing. So, but God does know. God knows us, everything about us. What are we like? What are we like if no one will catch us? What What do we do when we know no one will ever catch us? Guess what? They will. Someone will catch us. His name's God. He is watching. It may not affect us right away, but in time there will be consequences. The movie Jumper. Uh, I, I love that movie Jumper. When the, this kid has the ability to jump and go all different places, and he starts to misuse this ability, he starts going in the bars and picking up girls, and he starts going into banks and taking money out of vaults, and he starts doing all this stuff. And I remember the, the guy who catches Morgan Freeman plays the, the guy who hunts the jumpers and traps them, and, and he finally catches this kid, and he said, did you think there wouldn't be consequences? There are always consequences. And they made this guy out to be a bad guy, but really, he's true. <laughs> you know, that, that is true. There are always consequences, and sooner or later, we feel the effect of them. What's, what, what do we do when we're alone? What, what is... So many of us focus on our reputation. Our reputation is what people, who people think we are. How we act in public, really, right? That's our reputation, who people think we are. God is interested in character. That is who we really are. What we do when no one is looking, that's character. And that's all God cares about. What are we like? Really like. Will we give him lordship of every area of our life? Will we become transformers instead of conformers? Let's pray. How is God speaking to us as we go to this time of prayer? What area of life do we need to give Jesus Christ lordship of? Because someday we don't want to stand before him and he'll say, why did you call me Lord? And even if we're already a Christian, he's still going to say, why'd you call me Lord and didn't give me this area of your life? What closet do we need to open up and let him clean out? What do we need to bring into the light? 
Maybe we need to go to someone for help, talk to someone, another Christian brother, sister, friend, to get some accountability and some help with us. What if someone could really see our thoughts? What if everybody here could see each other's thoughts? Would we want that? And yet someone can see our thoughts. Here's everything we say. Everything we think. Sees everything we do. Will we give Jesus Christ lordship? So that when we face him someday. There won't be shame, but it'll just be grace. And the starting point to that, while we're all praying, the starting point to that is putting our faith in Jesus. And maybe you realize today that you've never done the will of God. You've never put your faith alone in Christ alone to get right with God. And you know from this passage, if you were to stand before God today, Jesus would not let you into heaven. You'd be facing the eternity in hell separated from God. We all start out there. But you can make the decision. You can put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ right now. God can go from being your judge to your father right now. If you'll put your faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you. Repent of, of sin and ask him to forgive you right where you're sitting. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Give your life to him. Father, whatever in our life needs to be repented of, whatever needs to be, we need conviction of, I pray that you would convict us and empower us to give you lordship of our life. Either it means humbling ourselves and talking to someone else, whatever it takes, Lord. I just pray that you would not let up on us until we make you Lord of every area of our life. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.